Welcome to the latest episode of Cool Culture Corner. We discuss ways how we can better involve our teams for better productivity, better profits, and growth. I'm your host for Cool Culture Corner, Ken Bader, and I'm here with another great guest, uh, Marcus Bird, who is the master of the art of making shift happen. I've got to say that very carefully. Uh, he's a <laughs> wellness futurist quantum leap specialist and peak potential coach uh, that helps business owners, subject matter experts, entrepreneurs build thriving companies and thriving lives after helping thousands of people globally. And I know globally because he's joining us from half a world away in Australia. Uh, he noticed that those that thrive <laughs> crave success. They are hungrier, more determined and want it more than anything. Marcus, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here all the way from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Yeah, we got we got to love technology. Got to love technology. Yes. I was going to say technology is amazing, isn't it? Brilliant. It it is and as much more fun as it would be if if we were having a beer having this conversation yeah. in Southern California or in Australia, this is the next best <laughs> thing. It is. Next time, maybe you come here, I'll come there and we'll do it live in, uh, in yeah next to each other with a beer. <laughs> Would love that. Would love that. Well, yeah. I definitely want to talk about making shift happen and specifically your expertise in the power of possibility. Uh, but I got to know, you know, what is exactly a wellness futurist and quantum leap specialist? Yeah, so I think um, I, I think well, there's two parts to it. One is that uh, one of the areas that I've specialised in for some time now is the wellness industry, um, mm -hmm. and that could be anyone from sort of practitioners right through to wellness product developers, wellness business owners. And I've noticed that there's a lot of change been happening in that industry mm -hmm. over the last five or ten years. And, um, and there's some really exciting things happening in the industry. So, um, so, so, you know, I go around the world actually talking to wellness, you know, business owners, professionals about what are the changes that are happening? Because what happened in the taxi industry with Uber and mm -hmm. what happened in the sort of music industry with iTunes and what happened in, you know, the movie industry, you know, the, the rental market with Netflix is absolutely right. happening in the wellness industry right now. Interesting. Well, delve a little so, bit yeah. into that. Yeah, because, you know, I, I'm uh, in some of my branding seminars that I do, uh, which always leads yeah. to, to culture and mindset. You know, we talk about uh, Blockbuster yeah. and their opportunity to at one uh, time actually buy Netflix. And I said, no, no. And now they're dead and Netflix is yeah. a conglomerate. So delve a little bit more into Absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, you know, I definitely see this happening at the moment in the wellness industry around, especially around sort of the AI and technology sort of driven services, you know, more and more um, sort of wellness um, consultations, wellness delivery is happening online mm. or happening through automated delivery um, sort of funnels. And, um, and one of the things that's, that's really going to, is happening right now is the diagnostic component of the wellness industry is starting to be automated through artificial intelligence. Hmm. So what that, what that means is if you're a diagnostic practitioner, so if you're a GP, general practitioner, right. if you're a naturopath, if, you're, you know, if you do the diagnostic part, that part's going to go very, very soon. Mm -hmm. so, 
Interesting. So, so there'll be no, the di yeah, the diagnosis is going to happen through artificial intelligence and also through sort of wearable devices, right? There's already a company in Canada right now that is developing a wearable device where they read all of your, you know, certain biomarkers. And at the end of each month, they send you herbs and vitamins that just arrive at your door based on your biomarkers. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So, you, so know, you don't even have to go to the naturopath, you know, you don't have to go to the doctor. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's, that's fascinating to me. Um, while I do work in the wellness space a little bit, um, my vast background is more in the financial industry with banks, credit unions, right. the like. And everything yeah. today is about creating an experience, creating an experience for your employees and creating an experience yes. for your, your customers, members, or clients. And the, the big thing now in banking is being able to, you know, much like you talked about in the wellness industry, is you may not ever even have to talk to a human being. You know, you go on your mobile yeah. phone or, or, or your computer and you get, you know, all of your banking needs taken care of. Uh, without ever talking to a person. So it's interesting that the wellness industry is going to that uh, because at the end of the day, it, it is all about the experience. And for some, yeah. that experience actually is through tech. It is through online. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so much easier to access. You don't have to get in the car and go anywhere. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can do it from the comfort of your home or even your bed if you want to. Right. I think this is where uh, Netflix won, right? Where, where Blockbuster just got it all wrong is because they didn't believe, you know, they didn't realize that people would rather lie in a bed and push a button and get out of bed, go and get a video, <laughs> come back home, you know, get back into bed. And so, yeah, um, yeah this is happening, you know, incredibly rapidly. Yeah, I would I would probably argue if Blockbuster was smart enough to be uh, forward thinking, uh, while there probably yeah. certainly wouldn't be a ton of Blockbusters out there uh, in terms of yeah. you know brick and mortar, I think that they would have not only saved their business, but there would be some brick and mortar. I mean, I see this in, yeah. fi in the financial space that when you're doing things properly from an experience standpoint online, yeah through the phone yeah. and in person that you don't need as much yes. brick and mortar, but that brick and mortar actually supports yeah. that, that whole uh, program. Getting back to wellness and the experience, because I, uh, I really want to delve into this with you in the wellness space that I've worked in, and you certainly are much more of an expert in that industry than I am. Yeah, I've noticed that, you know, even and I, I pick on dentists a lot, so I'm going to do it again. Right. <laughs> I pick I pick <laughs> on right, them. In, right. I pick on them in my book. I, I pick on them on some of my shows. So why in the heck not pick on them here? <laughs> it, they, they, they understand, you know, certainly how to take care of yeah. your teeth. But, you know, I will tell you, I'll come at it from a positive standpoint that the best dentist I ever had, and I've had probably okay. over a dozen dentists. Um, since coming to California, I've gone through five different dentists. I've, I've fired four of them in the last 10 years. But even in my book, I mentioned the best dentist that I've ever gone to. Oh, really? I, was with yeah. him, I was with him for 10 years in Naperville, yeah. Illinois. His name was Dr. Caputo. And the reason that I kept going back to him is he created an actual experience like all businesses should. When you walked yes. into his office, yes. you, know, you, you felt like the people that were there 
were actually happy to work there. They were having fun. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they had a yeah. great interaction with the, with the patient. You know, they didn't make yeah. stupid mistakes on the billing like my dentist now does. Yeah, none of that. It was, a, it was an awesome experience where, yeah. you know, unless I had pain in my teeth, I actually didn't, maybe I wasn't looking forward to it, but I didn't mind going to the dentist's <laughs> office. So, you know, for, for the, well, for the yeah. wellness crowd yeah. out there, you know, you actually can create an experience and it will blow up your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I love how you talk about experience because one of the things that we're noticing as well, and I think this is for every business, one of the things I've noticed, we're more connected yet less connected than we've ever been in before. Mm -hmm. We're still going to crave that, that sort of human interaction at some point. However, people won't go out and get out of bed for the dull and boring. They'll only get out of bed for the experience. Right. And and how this has shown up for me is that maybe, I don't know, you know, 10 years ago, um, the live event market, certainly in the market we we're in, started to drop off, which was that it was harder and harder to get people to come to a live event. And I, I, I got to say, in the last four or five years, as sort of social media and as this sort of online space has grown, again, for something very specific and an experience is now increasing again, which is mm. kind of interesting to see how that sort of flipped around. So I think it backs up, you know, for me, in my mind, that really backs up what you're saying about the experience. You know, you can't just be a business anymore that does the, you know, goes about just doing business. You've actually got to go about doing business, but with an experience. Right, right. And I, I, truly, yeah. be I truly believe at my core that you know, in order to to provide a positive or at least at minimum a meets expectations experience for your customers, clients, members, patients, that you have to create a positive experience for your employees. So let's delve into that. You're you're the Absolutely. artist of making shift happen and you're an expert at the power of yeah. possibility. You know, how does that infinite yeah. field of possibility uh, really show its positive face in a culture, on a team, in the workplace? Now a word from our sponsor, Bader Training and Consulting. BTC is the creator of the B plus C plus S formula. Our clients that implement that formula increase their net income by 124% and grow their business by 17% on average. The best place to start working with Bader Training and Consulting is with our B plus C plus S audit. The service pinpoints issues as well as attributes of your business's unique brand, culture, and strategy. Learn more or sign up for a B plus C plus S audit at www.btcinc.net backslash BCS dash audit. No, there's a new form of marketing we've been talking about called mission-based marketing, which right. is really around getting super clear about what is the mission of what we're trying to achieve? What is it that we're trying to do? And actually spend moments in time building and tapping into this field of possibility. Because one thing that gets people really excited from a human point of view 
um, in any business is tapping into, wow, what could this be? And if we do this as a collective, so, so if we do this as a company and, and we have, you know, 20 odd staff in our company. And so, so this is something we do all the time, which is to tap into this field of, wow, what could this be? And we give our employees and our team an opportunity to play into that sort of field where, where we have moments, you know, set moments where we just sit there and go, okay, let's imagine that we don't have a business at all. What could mm -hmm. we create? What would we create? How would it look? What, what, you know, what does that? And, and when those creative juices start to flow, when people are allowed just to express themselves and to tap into that, amazing things happen. Um, you know, amazing innovations happen. Um, people buy, you know, the team start to buy into it. Exactly. Um, they get excited to come to work. They get excited for possibility because I think, you know, possibility brings hope. Possibility brings um, I don't, just, just joy, right? When yes. we're in that state of possibility, joy is allowed to happen. And when that happens, they pass that on to our customers and our customers get infected by possibility as well. So in their life, they start to go, wow, I wonder what's possible for me. And, and it's just this really flow on effect. It's, it's quite amazing what happens. It, great, great example. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes when it comes to culture building or making shift happen, as, as you put it, or the power of possibility, yeah. sometimes the simplest approaches work the best. I mean, I have you know, all kinds of exercises and flow charts uh, and, and all kinds of MBA level stuff that, that I gathered <laughs> over the years. Uh, primarily, primarily because, you know, I'm, I'm not that A plus student, you know, I need to grab all this stuff yeah. to try and understand yeah. so I can help somebody else to understand. But, you know, I find in that, in that vein, it's some of the simplest things, like you said, which is, you know, let's pretend we don't have a company and we're starting from scratch. And one yeah, of yeah. the, it's interesting because um, I, one of the joys that I have in my business is I do a lot of strategic planning and one of the simplest, and, and I do mean sim even more simple than the traditional SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, yeah. threats, yeah. is this yeah. simple exercise um, and I'll, I'll give the credit where credit's due. I think I got this from uh, Millionaire Success Habits written by uh, oh, yes. Dean uh, Graziosi. Uh, I might have gotten yes. that name wrong because I never met him, but he had a great book. But it's just a yeah, simple definitely. exercise where you write down your big, hairy, audacious goal. And yes. you, you, don't, yes. you don't limit your mind with no. you know the resources that you have or don't have let's you know let's pretend you know it's, sometimes it's tough with uh, uh wellness people or financial people but you know i get them there is yeah. <laughs> is you yeah. just yeah absolutely think, think like you have a little you know, resources aren't a question write down your big That's hairy right. audacious goal and then write down yes. the dangers if you go for it uh, the uh, opportunities if you go for it. And I forget the third yes. one, which is just simply, you know, what are the, oh, the strengths. What are the strengths that you have now to make that happen? And it's yeah. amazing how well that simple exercise works. And yeah, I think it ties into, yeah, and you might, you might know this, is that I forgot who said it, uh, but, you know, sometimes, you know, our, our shortfall isn't setting goals too high and not making them. Yeah but setting goals, yeah. you know, too low and actually hitting them. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, these days with the competitive landscape we've got and just how fast things are moving, we have to be innovating all the time. And I yes. think for me, the power of possibility actually puts us in a state of innovation, which is what is possible. Great. Now we can see what's possible. How do we change our current business, adapt, move, whatever it might be to actually meet that possibility? Um, and I think that's critically important because if you're not innovating, um, and I think they used to say, you know, you should be innovating at least every three years, you should almost have a full stop and go, right, what's the next thing? And I'm not sure. Uh, I think, it, you know, you've got to do it even faster nowadays. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that, Marcus. And I would add too, and it's, it's one of my mantras that innovation doesn't always have to be expensive or technology laden. No. Yeah, I, no. I think I think that many Stop. times we make the mistake, and I've done this myself, so I'm I'm in that bucket, is thinking that innovation and technology are synonyms, and they're not. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes no. innovation is as simple as you know, hey, you know, we have a long line at the coffee shop. You know, let's let's yeah. take some of these yeah. pastries, cut them up, and say, hey, while you're waiting. You know, here's here's a sample of our you know latest you know lemon cream bagel or something. Uh, just you know, just just to make these people Absolutely. happy for standing in line, rather yeah. than not innovating and just letting people get upset yeah. for waiting 25 minutes for a coffee. <laughs> I, I totally agree, and and I'm not sure whether you find this, but you know, innovation, simple innovation, which is what you're talking about, and I totally agree with you. I think it doesn't have to be big and crazy and you know let's change the whole business and the right. little things that are the most important and if you're doing those all the time then your business is going to remain relevant and customers are going to keep coming back because there's something slightly new or there's a you know things are happening you know the, the business is moving and, and i don't know whether you you, you know you find this but the, the simple innovations can come from anyone in the organization Yes. You know, too often I've seen entrepreneurs, especially entrepreneurs, you know, having to or feeling like they have to lead and, and think of everything and, and come up with the innovation when really it could just be any of the team. Mm -hmm. and, and allowing them to sit in a field of possibility for a period of time allows some of those really simple innovations to come. And, you know, I was really, I liked what you said before around, you know, you've got an MBA and you've collected all these things because you <laughs> felt you needed to. And I did the same thing. You know, I don't think I'm the sharpest tool in the shed necessarily, <laughs> right? Um, we're we're in so, the same shed, my friend. So, I think so. And, and that's okay, right? That's okay. I think, you know, part of the journey in life is to know what you're good at and what you're not good at, mm -hmm. right? And then whatever you're not good at, just get a whole lot of people around you who are. And, and, exactly. And, you know, every great entrepreneur has done that. And I, and I think tapping into any member of your team allows, you know, shift to happen, right? If you're mm -hmm. trying to shift everything all the time, it's hard work and you're going to get exhausted. Whereas if you include your team, um, and I like to use the word possibility because often if you start using the word innovation, mm -hmm. you know, younger, um, more junior or, or, you know, staff tend to get stressed about the word innovation. It's like, oh my God, this is, yeah. you know, what is this thing called innovation? Whereas if you just tap into possibility, which in some respects isn't that dissimilar, people can get their head around possibility. Wow, what if that was possible? What, what, what would we do if it, you know, what could I possibly come up with? So it's a more, it's a word that, you know, is more commonly used and not as scary. That's what I, you know, that's what I find. Right, right. No, I, I would agree with that, you know, 100% on what you said, uh, coupled with 
yeah, sometimes you know, innovation or let's just call them ideas um, are, are not only found in, in every level of the org chart, uh, but also found in completely different industries. Yeah, I find that, that when, when I am working with a client uh, that is in a, what I call a non-discretionary business, meaning you know, if, you're, yes. if you're a doctor or a dentist, eventually you're going to need a doctor or a dentist. If you're a bank yeah. or a credit union, eventually you're going to have to do your banking someplace. Um, so you need yes. those services as opposed to maybe discretionary, which is, you know, I want to yeah. go to a spa. Uh, or a coffee shop again, you know, I don't need to go and buy coffee at a coffee shop. I can make it at home or just mm. drink water or whatever. Um, that yeah. when we're working with non-discretionary businesses and you have those folks that are highly educated, I mean, you don't become a doctor or a, a chief executive officer of a bank, you know, by just getting a high school degree. You just, you just don't. No. Uh, but no, they, but they're so they're so uh, inundated and focused on their own industry and best practices yeah. in that industry that they yeah. that they have a hard time looking at other industries and many times, especially with with startup uh, practices uh, or very small financial institutions. Yeah, and they sit there and say, well, I'm not as big as Wells Fargo. Well, yeah, I'm not as big as, as this particular firm or, or this huge conglomerate of a dentist's office in, in Los Angeles, mm. for instance. Yeah, I, I tell yeah. them, you know what? You're, you're, you're looking at the, the wrong pond. You know, instead yeah. of trying to, yes. instead of trying to emulate, you know, Wells Fargo or Citibank, you know, why don't you look yes. at that five person coffee shop that's just sitting in yes. a neighborhood making profits every month yes. and, and maybe copy Absolutely. something fun or something interesting that they're doing. Yeah, that might yes. be your clue rather than trying to go toe to toe with, with uh, Chase Bank or whoever it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I don't think any small business has, has been successful necessarily trying to copy a major business or a big business. You know, I think it's right. the little things they do on the ground, the little shifts they make that, that start to differentiate themselves, right? Because if they're going to copy a big bank, for example, in, your, you know, in the example you gave, then, then why, would people go, why wouldn't people just go with a big bank? I mean, if you're yes. trying to look like a big bank, well, I'm going to go with a big bank because they're safer, right? Or it feels safer. <laughs> sure. So, so why, why am I going with a neighborhood bank or a small bank? You know, it's got to be for the experience, like you say. It's got to be for the either human interaction or the personalized service yep. or, or what I like to call, you know, the wow factor. Yes. You know? and, and it's trying to understand, well, what is your wow factor? You know, beyond anybody else, beyond the competition. I mean, obviously, look at the competition and try and identify their wow factor. But you've got to come up with your wow factor. You know, what's going to differentiate you in the business? And, and, and I like to use the term and, you know, your magic. What is your magic? And, right. And often when I, when I talk about, you know, making shift happen, I talk about, you know, the magic is um, what you're doing while you're doing what you're doing. Now, I know that sounds a little bit convoluted, so I'll repeat it slowly. Yeah, Your go magic ahead. is what you're doing, yeah, what you're doing while you're doing what you're doing. So it's what, what are you really doing? So, so if you're a bank, you, what you're doing is banking, right? You're doing banking, you're taking money and you're loaning money and you, you know, money's being moved around. But as you as an individual bank and as a team of individuals, 
what are you really doing? Mm -hmm. right? It's not just the transaction of money. You know, what are you doing? Are you helping individuals to build a life of their dreams by helping them buy their dream home or start their dream business? You know, what is the core of what you stand for? And this comes back to sort of mission a little bit, right. which is, you know, what is that thing you're really here for? It also comes back to the possibility, you know, because that's one way to find this magic, you know? What is it that we're really doing while we're doing what we're doing? And because people buy that, they might not consciously get it. Mm -hmm. They buy the, you know, the magic in what you're doing, right? And, yes. And, you know, there's millions of companies we can use as an example. I mean, Apple computers is a great example as, as they were growing. You know, they were building computers, right? Well, just computers. So was mm -hmm. IBM. So was all these other companies. But they stood for something. You know, back right. in the, the sort of earlier days, they stood for something. They stood for design. They stood for, you know, uh, yeah, just, just, you know, well, that was one of the aspects. And they grew a cult following around that. And that cult following, as we know now, turns into one of the, you know, the biggest company in the world um, because that was their magic. Right. And right. I think that's it, the key. You know, you've got to find that, identify that. Yeah. You, now you've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of people standing in line for the new iPhone, which I... Oh. From from a business Crazy. standpoint, I admire as a consumer who's, who's never owned an iPhone, who's happy to just own yeah. his Samsung Android phone, you know, just doesn't understand. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know, to yeah. I, and I don't want to make this a banking show and I'm in, in about uh, 60 seconds, <laughs> I'm going to turn it back to, to the power of possibility. Uh, but, you know, yeah. you, you, you made a great comment of, you know, it's like, well, you know, the big banks, well, why don't I just work with a big bank? I, I literally, yeah. and I, I use this in, in some of my content and programs, I literally, you know, had turned on the TV, this is about three or four years ago, and a, uh, a small credit union in the Los Angeles area was doing a commercial, and they, they made it as a mock interview because they had it during the news <laughs> where they had a reporter interviewing right. the CEO. And, you know, one of the, one of the first questions was, you know, so, so tell us about ABC credit union. And the very first thing was, well, we have all the products and services that the big banks do. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's a great differentiator. Why in the hell don't I just go to the big bank then? You know, because exactly. you're basically what you're telling exactly. me is you're just a me too. And, you know, you, yeah. you have to find that niche. You know, some of the, yeah. the best clients I have are small but they understand the niche and one of them is a $25 million credit union uh, almost in the middle of nowhere, but they know their niche, which is they want those, you know, middle of the road to bad credit people that get it, that understand it, that want to be treated with respect and want to be helped out of yes. it. And they've made an yes. awesome, they make it very clear that that's the member they want and they truly yes. help people. They, you know, somebody yes. comes in with a 520 credit score, you know, they're treated like yes. an 800 credit score at some other places. You know, they might have to pay, yeah. Yeah. you know, cause you know, yeah. your 500 credit score, it is what it is. Uh, but they're treated with as much respect and, and as a quality individual as any other place would in yeah, that, that magic, if you will, you know, a lot of times yeah. is, is yeah, in the way, is in the people that you have and the way they deliver, Absolutely. you know, that service or product. Absolutely. But, but let's get back yeah. to power of yeah. possibility because this is such powerful pun intended uh, concept. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what, it, what, it, what, what's maybe one of your best stories of you know, making shift happen with a client by, by really making them understand the power of possibility? 
Yeah, I think um, I, I think a lot of it's sort of led by um, by sort of limiting beliefs that we may have based on you know past perceived realities or based on you know where you've grown up or um, the industry you're in. And and certainly in wellness, I find there's a lot of you know there are a lot of sort of fences built around people around um, you know around what's possible and what's not possible, you know, sure. led by a belief system, you know, and, and I think I had, a, I had a chiropractor that um, I was working with and he had a, a, a small chiropractic business at the time and a, a couple of staff and, and, he'd, and he'd be working, he'd been working at it for 10 years and it really hadn't gone anywhere, hadn't really sort of grown anywhere. And, and, you know, the interesting part is he came from a long line of chiropractors. Right? His right. dad was a chiropractor. His, his grandfather was a, wasn't a chiropractor, but was also in the medical type field. And, sure. and, and he'd sort of been, you know, the, 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 the sort of way he had done it and, and the level of success he had reached was sort of limited by, by the generations that had gone before him. And, and so he'd embedded that in his staff. So the whole organization was sort of embedded in the sort of the same belief systems. And so when I came in, um, you know, I, I didn't so much focus on systems and processes and strategy, which is obviously something I do as well, but, sure. but I really focused on, okay, how do, we, how do we align the team and how do we start to build a whole new possibility of success for this person? And I got to tell you, three years later, he, you know, he started with a $250,000 a year practice, small, tiny practice. He's now got a multi-million dollar practice. He's actually just sold it for uh, multiple millions of dollars. Yeah, <laughs> um, nice. And this is just three years later. So he took 250 to multiple millions of dollars. He's got like 20 staff or 20 other chiropractors, you know, like big practice. He, he bought a brand new um, building to house his practice in, <laughs> which was amazing because <laughs> he was in an old little sort of side street, um, built a beautiful brand new building built the practice of his dreams and then someone came along and said i'll have that thanks and he went beautiful i'm out of here <laughs> you know, this is great so um so amazing things can happen incredibly fast you know and it's sure. almost not a linear sort of flow to it sometimes you know it can you, you can have and this is where the quantum leap sort of stuff comes in that i talk about sometimes and in sure. that you can make a huge bounds in incredibly short periods of time if you get this sort of you know if, the, if you get this right Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. what, what are, what is possibly the number one tip uh, or, you know, we'll, we even stretch it, get more out of you yeah. than we bargained for or the possibly the top <laughs> two tips okay. you want to give to, you know, or, or at least, you know, the number one tip that you tell business yeah. people, business owners of if, if you do at least this, you know, that will put you on a path or make you just a little bit better than the people that don't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's one, you know, just to make it really, really simple and, and sure. something that your audience can sort of grab hold of right now and run with it, is that there's a really simple question that you can ask yourself and you can ask your team. So, so one of the things I recommend is that the business owner, CEO, um, head of the company, ask it of themselves first, but then do it in a team meeting. Have a meeting specifically around the power of possibility or possibility. And, and ask one really simple question because 
and I'm going to share that in a minute. But, but what often happens is when we start to think of the future or we think of innovating or we think of changing things or we think of trying to meet the market or whatever we might be trying to do to, to up-level our business, um, often what happens is our brain sort of gets contained within the field of possibility that it's used to, right? Now, if you've been and done an MBA, your field of possibility is a lot bigger than if you hadn't, for example. Yep. Um, and, and, but a lot of people haven't done MBAs. They haven't done the education. and Therefore, their field of possibility is set by past perceived realities. So, mm -hmm. so when you say to your brain or when you ask the question of yourself, oh, what do I need to do to get better? Or what do I need to do to grow my company to multiple, you know, seven figures, whatever it might be, often your brain will shut itself down because it, it, it plays the game of, but I don't know how. Like, I'm not sure. Oh my God, I'm trying everything. I've done everything that I can think of. So, so I, get, I get individuals and teams to ask one really, really critical question, which starts with, what if it were possible? Mm -hmm. And then you can fill in the blank, right? Because what happens in your brain when you say the word, what if it were possible? The brain, which is an incredible machine, it's an incredible organ of potential, really, is that when, when you say, what if it were possible, the brain has to work out how to make it possible. Like it hmm. can't sit there and go, I don't know. It has to, I mean, it has to start thinking about, well, yeah, what if it were possible? What if it were possible to be multiple seven figure business? What then? How would, like, what would happen? Wow. And, and all of a sudden these creative juices start flowing. So, so when I get with teams, what I do is in a team meeting, I get them to, I get you to, you know, I get the, whoever is managing the meeting to ask the question, what if it were possible and then finish the line? Like, for example, what if it were possible to give our clients a wow experience? Mm -hmm. What if that were possible? And everyone goes, yeah, what if that was possible? Yeah. So what would we do? Like if that was possible to create the most wow, incredible experience in our industry above and beyond any other company, what would, what, like what would happen? Right? And, and what ends up happening is you start talking about the end result first, which is, wow, if we had a wow experience, our customers would want to come back. They'd want to engage with us. They'd want to use more of our services. They'd want to, <laughs> they'd want to be around us. Okay, great. So let's keep going with that. And, and eventually, the shift starts to happen, right? So it opens up the brain for shift to happen because the brain shuts shift down so often because we get caught in our own just, you know, belief system right so this then starts to open it up and then the conversation sort of flows from there and in a team environment it's a really amazingly powerful question to ask that is an amazing tip marcus uh, i find that as well not only not only with my clients but you know it, with myself with my own businesses you know sometimes Absolutely. you know you you wind up in in a, a black hole of well, I don't have mm -hmm. this resource, or I don't have this knowledge, or yeah. you know, I don't have a yeah. connection here, and you know, automatically, you know, your brain does almost put you in a cell. Uh, whereas, yeah, you know, I could see like even with my big, hairy, audacious goal exercise, which frankly I probably need to do more often with myself. But you know, <laughs> yeah. it, but that that idea of what if. Yeah, you know, what yeah. what if this were possible? Yeah, I could see, right. and as you were saying that, I could even feel my mind changing a little bit. That if you start with yeah. that, you know, your your mind automatically, yeah. because it's such a powerful mechanism, computer, whatever you want to call it, yes. is is now yeah. trying to figure out a solution to to that yeah. question. So that that and, and it absolutely will. 
I mean, that's yeah. the fun part about it. It will. It's got so many incredible resources within it that we barely tap into because of belief systems and how we sort of, you know, put a fence around what's possible for us. Um, yeah. And this allows the brain to start flowing. And th there's, a, there's a second question that, that can be, that is also important because Please. sometimes what happens when you do, and, and you're asking for one more tip, so I'm going <laughs> to jump in and give We're it taking advantage you. of you, okay. Marcus. Um, yeah, we'll take the extra tip. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. That's right. Um, yeah, it's, it's early morning here, so I'm a little delirious, so go for it. Um, so, so after you've asked the question, what if it were possible to do whatever it is you're talking about, your wow experience, Sometimes the brain will catch itself and start to, start to say, but I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how, right? That's the next trap the brain gets into, right? The first trap is not thinking about possibility and just getting stuck in what you know. Um, the second is once you do open up to possibility, the second trap can be the how question. And what you want to do is instead of getting caught in how, what you want to ask is not how, but who. Right, so the mm -hmm. minute your brain goes, but I don't know how to do that, you don't, you stop straight away, and you go, forget that. Who, who can mm -hmm. show us? Who can help us? Who can right? Who, who can open up the the field of possibility again? Because that's the brain shutting it down a little bit, um, and you just start asking who. So, so that's the that's the you know if the if the possibility question ends up in a but I don't know how, then the the next thing you ask is okay, forget how, who. Right. Who can help me? Who can show me the way, right? Because there's always someone who has, you know, often been where you, you want to go or, you know, has other insights outside your industry or outside your business that can sort of open the field of possibility up again once you get caught in the how sort of question. Right. So, yeah. No, awesome tips, yeah. Marcus. Yeah, and I and I appreciate the bonus tip too, because I usually only ask for one, and you gave us two, and you're you're more than nice enough to accommodate us. But I have one last question for you, which is simply for for our audience. You know, how can they find you? How can they find your services and everything that yeah. your business can offer them? Yeah, so they can go to marcusbird.net. Um, that's my personal website. Um, my company website is wellnessleadershipacademy.com. Um, and if they're in the wellness industry, there's a lot of great sort of free downloads and information there. Um, if they want to sort of talk more about the power of possibility from a sort of, yep, from, from my personal point of view, then marcusbird.net and there are links to my social media and, um, they can obviously connect with me on that and, and yeah. If anyone ever wants to chat, you know, messenger and sending notes sure. or, or that sort of stuff is, is probably the best way to connect. But um, yeah, this has been great. I, no. Yeah, I absolutely love the discussion and, and love what you're doing. And um, yeah, this is, this is, this is great. This, this has been the, the pleasure has been all mine. This has been awesome. And thank you for, for sharing so much knowledge so much expertise on this show and thank you especially for getting up early this morning to talk to us <laughs> no problem it's always a pleasure always a pleasure any opportunity to talk and connect and and you know help uh help is uh is what i love to do so happy to happy to get up early
exactly. Thank you again. And you know, definitely check out Marcus Bird and everything that he has to offer, whether you're in the States or Australia or anywhere in the country. The man knows what he's talking about. And thank all of you for joining us for this episode of Cool Culture Corner. And here's hoping that you have a cool culture corner at your unique business. Take care.